Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the TTE podcast. And I'd first like to start off by apologizing. I haven't um, been real active in this space lately. Had a lot of stuff going on on a personal level, um, accomplishing some things, knocking out some goals and whatnot. So I might discuss that uh, some other time. But but I'm back. And so I kind of wanted to talk, use this time to kind of talk about just some observations and some things I've been seeing going on and uh, in the news and from a current uh, from a current news perspective and just what's going on in the country. Um, it seems like it's just getting to be such a wild place. So um, so I thought I'd ask my brother and sister to jump on here um, to just kind of pulse check like if if. I just want to know whether or not what I'm seeing and how I'm feeling, if it's way off base um, in any way. And this is a, a bit of an accountability project for me a little bit. So, um, Brian, Denise, um, how are you guys? Good. How you doing? Waiting for the other shoe to drop, man. That's awesome. Yeah, it feels that's, like that's that. A so, speaking of the other shoe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, speaking of the other shoe to drop. Um, one of the things I've noticed um, that's been going on, it's unfair to say it's an uptick um, because that's not an accurate way to describe it. But the number, uh, not the number, that's not what I want to say. The impact that these mass shootings are starting to have collectively on all of us is really starting to get to me. Um, and the last three in particular where it's, you know, some black folks coming out of church at a grocery store in Buffalo, whether it's these kids in Texas that just made me sick to my stomach, or one that kind of hits close to home for the three of us, um, this shooting in a mall in Greenwood, Indiana, because we've got family that lives um, in Greenwood. So um, I don't pretend to know what the answer is, but one of the things I've been thinking about, and I'm curious to get your perspective on it, is... I've never really been real big on like an assault weapons ban or anything like that. I kind of feel like if you're a responsible gun owner, it doesn't bother me if you own 45,000 guns and all the ammunition that goes with it. If you're responsible, that doesn't bother me. But I kind of feel like even responsible gun owners are starting to um, – it's kind of like when one of your kids breaks something in the house and you don't know who broke it. So everybody gets punished. It feels like it's approaching that level because when the police are outgunned because there are assault weapons on the street and they're pretty, and they're pretty easy to get. Um, maybe if the police are outgunned, maybe we should not allow weapons of war where the police are afraid to go into a school and take out an 18 year old with an, with an AR 15. Am I off base in this or is it just an overreaction you think on, on my part? Cause I'd have to think that there's gotta be some folks out there that are thinking the way I'm thinking, but again, it's an accountability project for me. So Denise. One, you're not off base. Um, two, Historically speaking, the cops are always outgunned. They were outgunned at the Texas schoolhouse thing. Um, not schoolhouse, but the uh, University of Texas at Austin shootout. They were outgunned then, back in the 60s. They were outgunned at the school. That's neither here nor there. Uh, but I do agree with you to the point where we're at that, we're at that point where it's like, everybody needs to have a seat about these guns, because if we can't get the responsible folks 
to come over and at least agree with the folks that think that there shouldn't be any guns, at least have a happy medium, then everybody's going to lose their guns. I don't want to take your gun away. Personally, if that's you, fine. However, as somebody who has been held uh, held up by uh, gunpoint or at gunpoint, um, it's not fun looking at the barrel of one. Just throwing that out there for those of you who haven't. It's not fun. Um, but I'm not going to say just because of my one experience that I just don't want guns anywhere. Um, I think there needs to be there needs to be a responsible conversation uh, where all sides can come together and have a decent conversation about it. Um, unfortunately, we're in a space now in the country where everybody has a side, nobody has a middle ground. Um, everyone needs to go into their respective corners and there's nobody willing to come in and have a, a decent conversation about it. And see, Denise, I, 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 I'm conflicted because on a large, on some level, I agree with you. Like my gut just keeps saying, especially in this hyper polarized environment we live in, that the solution is in the middle. So that's kind of what I feel like. But I honestly feel like we are reaching a point where you can stick your head in the sand about gun control or you can feel however you want to feel about it in either extreme, either ban all guns or no gun should be banned. But it's getting to the point now where this is going to come to your town. There is going to be somebody disgruntled in your community who's going to be probably under the age of 35 who's been either radicalized online or um, been traumatized through bullying or whatever. And they are going to save up money and legally get an assault weapon or not an assault weapon. Hell, it could be a bow and arrow. And they're going to go to a public place and it's going to be chitty, chitty, bang, bang. And it's going to come to your town. And, you know, no crime's real till it hits your front door. But I just keep thinking, and th- and I really had this thought when these kids got murdered in Texas, how many more children have to die before we do something? Because, you know, no parent should have to sacrifice their child in order to get gun reform. You know what I mean? Agreed. Like, like, that is such an unfair ask, but but that's kind of where we're at. Um, Brian, what, what are your thoughts? Well, certainly as somebody who has children in school, it is, um, it's scary to, um, you know, send your kids to school and, and have the thought that, you know, they might not come home because, you know, some kid, like you said, some kid was bullied or, you know, I let them go down to the park and, you know, somebody's just letting off shots at the park or, you know. And so as a parent, it's tough because you want your kid to grow up. You know, a lot of parents want their children to have maybe childhood similar to theirs, where you can go play in the park with your friends or you can ride bikes or you guys maybe just walk down to the store or, um, you know, just do the innocent things that you would in your normal everyday life. And it's, it's scary. So you want to let, you want them to do that. But on the flip side, you're like, yeah, but I could also be sending them to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. And I can't imagine the grief and the hurt that those 
parents are going through. Um, because like I said, you, you send your kids to school. A school, a, the structure itself should be one of the safest places in the community because it's a school. Like, And for us growing up, I don't even remember a mass shooting at a school before uh, Columbine. Um, but I will agree with you on the point that you made earlier, Dennis, that I think that maybe this is just me getting older, but I do think that solutions that plague us as a society are mostly found in the middle Um, because you're going to have one extreme says, take your guns away. One saying, no, we're not taking our guns away. And I feel like there's a compromise somewhere in the middle. What that is, I have no idea. Um, But I'm here for that conversation because we just can't keep doing this. Uh, You know, this whole thoughts and prayers exercise that we do, um, yep. Like on some level that has to get old. Even, even if you are truly feeling that, you know, this, this way about guns and you love them to death and, and you got a hundred guns and that's fine. Okay. But I would think that at some point that person is tired of saying thoughts and prayers. Like it just, because after a while it just, it, they're just hollow words. They don't mean anything unless there's some action behind it. Right. So I feel like, like I said, there is some sort of resolution, some sort of middle ground. Um, you know, I know the Supreme Court ruled that, you know, certainly the Second Amendment is here to stay. So, you know, you have to work with, work within the confines of, of what we have. But, you know, there's got to be some sort of middle ground here. Yeah, and I think part of that middle ground, and I think this is what bothers me about um, – I hear a lot of my I hear a lot of people on the left talk about, well, you should be 21 in order to get an assault weapon. That feels like an arbitrary number to me. That seems like you it seems like you went with that because you can't buy alcohol. Like, well, all, all, well, all these numbers are arbitrary. Like, you know, there's. You know, yeah. You know what it, I mean? Like 18 that, like, is arbitrary. Out, I mean, yeah. Make the number 25 or 48. Like, fuck, I don't know. Like, like you just. It, it just bothers me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like it doesn't feel well-reasoned and thought out that you got to 21. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't feel as if this, the public's going to be safer because you made the age 21 instead of 18. Does that make well, the sense? Reason, yeah, it makes sense. And when you think about it, is that the logic is what people are looking at. It's like, well, you know, some like the the numbers of alcoholism amongst teenagers went down because we made it 21. So clearly it worked with alcoholism. So therefore it should work with guns. It's a flawed logic. Well, yeah, but also think about it too. Go ahead, Dennis. No, I was just going to say, I don't know that it's flawed logic. I just don't know that it's thought out all the way. That's the only point. Well, the point I was going to make was that, you know, when, whenever they decided that 21 was the age of, or no, let me put it, come at it another way. When they decided, when the framers decided how old you had to be to be president, right, um, or work in Congress or be elected, I think you got to be what thirty-five, yeah, somewhere in there to be president. So that would be to be president. To be president, but that was at a time when people were living to be what, like a max age was like fifty-ish, somewhere there, maybe or sixty-five, maybe somewhere in there, right, in terms of your life expectancy. So that was based mm-hmm. off then. 
like, is that something that needs to be adjusted if you're going going forward in terms of if we're going to be putting out uh, um, restrictions on guns or whether it's liquor or what cigarettes, whatever the case would be, is that something we need to look at in terms of a life expectancy? Because is it because it almost seems like it's an arbitrary number, but I I imagine there's some sort of data or maybe there's some sort of you know formulation that's that they came to that, but that's also might be based on old data, whereas things need to be updated as time progresses. That's a good point because clearly we have an 80 year old president now, and I have mixed feelings about that. Um, well, but getting, hmm. <laughs> yeah, I know, but we're not going to go into, we're not going to go into that. And I don't want to come across pot. as being ageist in any way. Yeah. It's a different part. I, I don't want to come across as being ageist, but that man's, that man's 80 years old and he's not moving fast. Um, that being said, though, um, yeah, I just feel like the solution is in in the middle because you can't say eliminate all guns and any gun law that you put on the books doesn't change the fact that there are still illegal things that are happening and you should be able to have a gun to protect your home. But if you've got 75 police officers in a school against one guy with an automatic weapon and they won't go take the guy out. Maybe we need to get rid of these things. If these guys won't go in there and do the job that they signed up to do. Am I, did he's my off base in thinking that? Cause I, I feel like that's a reasonable position that there were 75 of you on the video and you couldn't take out an 18 year old with an assault weapon. So 19 kids and two teachers had to die. Cause you couldn't muster the courage to go do the job that you, that you, signed up to do like if if this is going to prevent you from doing your job then maybe we need to take these things off the street and i know that feels extreme but again this is coming to your town whether or not Mm -hmm. you whether you believe that or not is irrelevant because the statistics bear that out so am i off base in thinking that hey like maybe we should ban it just to keep the police safe like maybe it's like a a police safe no i would say like I would say there are, that there were that many cops. I know one cop in particular, I excused his behavior because his wife was one of the women in there that did get shot. And so they had to hold him back. You could see it in the in the security footage that he had gotten a text message from her once they entered the building. And he's like showing his phone to his to his people like, she says she's shot. Why are we not moving? That guy's excused. Everybody else. If yeah, burn this motherfucker signed, down. My wife got shot. Burn, to come up burn this shit to the ground. Find this you know fucker and bury him. I'll do it my Exactly. So I, I think what bothers me the most about these 75 people um, is that all of their pictures that if you have you looked at, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but have you ever checked out the website, the, that police department's website? The number of pictures they have with their with their bulletproof vests and them holding their guns and you know looking all hard and and all that kind of stuff, and then you remember that they didn't go in to save these nineteen kids and these nineteen people. And see, Denise, I'm glad I'm glad you said that because that's the other side of this that really bothers me about this whole subject about this whole concept of you know gun control and all of this is that. A lot of this is just real fanboy dick swinging shit. Like, like I want to be able to have an AR-15 because it makes my dick hard. 
You know, honestly, like, and I can't subscribe to that culture. Like, come on, bro. Like, I'm, you grown man. I don't think. Don't I don't think it's. I don't what think it's doing? hard dick syndrome. I just think it's no, 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 no. Syndrome. I think yeah, it's I was going to say I was, was going to say Denise. I think it's it, it's small dick energy is what it yeah. is. Mm-hmm. Like you exactly. clearly something exactly. happened That's in your what life I can't subscribe to. where you fell. You know you you yeah. you bought an F three fifty. You bought an F three fifty and you piss on your balls. Now all of a sudden you're a tough guy. I hate fake tough guy shit. Right. I really really you're, do. You're that yeah. You're that dude that revs his engine down the street in a twenty five mile an hour speed limit zone. Like you're that dude. Is that necessary? Right. Right, but what and bust a grape in a fruit fight? You wouldn't go in here and save these kids, but you are here posing on a website like you tough. See exactly. that? See that? That makes me. You know? You know what I mean? It's like, oh, I, 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 I see both sides of the argument. I, I guess at the end of the day, I just struggle with why. Why are innocent people having to die just so somebody can keep a gun so their dick can get hard every time they let off a shot? Like I feel like that's where we've evolved as Americans, and it makes me sad. And I think it's also the the perception of what exactly entails in the Second Amendment. What you're what you're when you go when you read it, we're talking. This well, is I don't know. Written, but I'm just saying this is this is written at a time when the guns were not even pistols they were muskets where it would take well, we didn't have a- anywhere between one to two minutes to reload to reload it this is well, that was, and let's i mean like let's brian says no maybe army, we need to reevaluate no yeah there, there's no army there's no there's no it's very clear that that's exactly it's very clear so, that we can't you can't reinterpret or let me say this because I'm going to transition subjects here. What has been real? Because you just gave me. Well, those I say you've given me a great segue, Denise. We can't reinterpret the Constitution because we have five or six Supreme Court justices that are now saying that the Supreme you can't make law interpretation that's not rooted in history and tradition of the Constitution, and that was evident. In this uh, decision to overturn Roe versus Wade. So this idea that the law that you have has to be rooted in history and tradition in order to in order for it to be constitutionally viable is such a slippery slope because at the time that document is written, only white men get a say in that. That's just a fact. I'm not trying to be divisive here. That's just a fact because the three of us are considered three fifths of a person. Like we acknowledge you are a person, but we need to count you as a person for the for the purposes of Of the electoral value and land and electoral. (laughs) Like all of this, you know, all this rigmarole. But you won't give us the dignity of being full citizens because, hey, wait a minute, that might mess with the money. Um, Women can't vote. It's it, it goes all down. So if you just follow that logic, it's like, come on. Um, and even though they'll say, well, no, you, you know, we're only talking about this one instance. We're not talking about any other rights. It's like, that's you guys today. Somebody else that's more radical than you coming behind you might have a different interpretation. And you won't be around to stop them. And mm-hmm. I guess when it comes to 
that decision, I really, I, I, I struggle with it, not because I'm, I'm not pro-murdering babies, and I don't know any, there isn't anybody in my life that's pro-murdering babies, but the idea that the health of the mother is at stake, um, and this woman might die, and we could save her life, but you won't allow that decision to go through um, because technically it's an abortion, is so short-sighted, especially coming from far-right religious folk who claim to um, be pro-life but won't save the life in front of them. Does that make sense? Like, yes. like it's, it, it's, and don't get me wrong, like, like I, I'm not, I got to think about how I want to say this because this is going to sound bad and I don't want it to sound bad. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I'm not for abortion for the sake of abortion. Like, I, I think if you're using it as a form of birth control, I don't support that at all. You need to make better life choices. But there are circumstances like this 10 year old girl here in Ohio that got raped. The idea you were going to force that little girl to have a baby after she already went through something traumatic there's like it, it 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 lacks so much empathy that it's hard for me to listen to anything that you have to say on the subject when you display this lack of empathy does that make sense mm-hmm. yes and i would say as the only person here with a uterus um that when they overturned it that you know um, of whatever first off <laughs> That's, a, that's an asshole now. move, right? <laughs> that's an asshole move. That's a, to that, us. You know what that is? You know what that is? That's a dick move. Way to go. Yeah, yeah that way is. Way to your dick right. around. Yeah, just kick, kick, kick her right in the uterus, Brian. Kick yeah, her right yeah, in the uterus. Man. Anyways, um, it, it's funny, Dennis, that you started out with the historical aspect of it because, you know, in, in the fact that this little girl here in Columbus, that she had to go to Indiana in order to get this, um, uh, this abortion, it reminded me of a case a long time ago, and I believe it's still on the books in Indiana, where you can, the, the state can determine whether or not you are fit to have children at all. What state is this again? And it, this is Indiana. Yeah, yeah can you I believe it is still on the books. Yeah, I'd like to learn. If I'd you, like to learn a little more about yeah. I, there, there's that a there's state a old, controlled there's a, birth. That I'd like to learn yes, a little. There's an old, 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 old case from back in like the twenties about a woman who had a baby, and she was deemed not well off enough mentally to have children, and she was forcefully sterilized by the state. Now. And just just so we're clear, not yeah, 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 and just so we're clear, not to cut you off, but just so we're clear, for anybody listening that thinks, oh, that's super extreme, and that would never happen today, and that's a hundred years ago, like we've evolved as that, and you know we've evolved past that. Michigan is trying to reactivate a law from ninety ninety five years ago that bans all abortions in all instances. So to your point, Denise, if you can reach back that far for an example. Clearly, these lawmakers are reaching back that far to reenact a law that hasn't been active and almost done. Right. And not to mention, the Nazis did the same thing. 
if you even no, have I'm not willing a, to call these people. No, no, I'm not. No, willing I'm not calling them Nazis. Nazis. I'm not I'm calling not, them I'm Nazis. Not willing to go. But I'm not calling them Nazis. What I'm saying is that even the concept of what they're trying to do was actually enacted by the same people that we fought for freedom. So the logic, there's a well, logic that's because in that. You know, we as Americans don't know our history. So no, we don't. Well, no, we don't. To, well, well, to your point um, about the thing in Michigan, Dennis, I'll give you one even, uh, I don't want to say more recent, but, um, uh, well, who was it? I think it was, is it Fannie Lou Hamer? She, and I was reading something yeah, about Fannie. her, I was reading something about her where she was in the hospital for something. Now, keep in mind, this is Mississippi. So this woman, so this is probably, what, 40s, 50s, somewhere in there. Um a doctor gave her a hysterectomy without even telling her. Yep. And so yeah, oh, that yeah, is, that, his, yeah. History is littered so, with those stories. So, so history is literally, you know, especially, uh, you know, our, I, I say this tongue in cheek with our brethren in the South. Um, so yeah. So those type of, because obviously you don't want black people to populate because if they populate, then of course they'll take over, which of course is clearly happening now. Right. So, uh, but anyway, I, yeah, man, we've been I stuck tell you, I am loaded. We've been stuck <laughs> at twelve percent for the last two hundred years. Yeah, I know, but I, 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 I just thought of that. But I didn't mean to cut you off. Please go ahead. No, it, it's cool. It just, I think for me, I, I myself, myself personally, I am pro life. I think that a child is a blessing, no matter how it is conceived. But from a political perspective, I am pro choice. And I'll always be pro. That's interesting. I, I don't. Know, I don't know. I don't know that I, I knew that about you before tonight. Yeah, I, don't know I, I, I myself. I, I would not I, have guessed if that. It happened to me. No, if I if it happened to me tomorrow, if I popped up pregnant tomorrow, which would be hilarious, and that and that that Jesus decided to come back through me, hilarious. You change your but, name to Mary. <laughs> yeah, no, right. So, um, I mean, you kind of have to. Chance, you kind of have to. And the small chance that it would happen to me, I would carry the child to term, because. If that's what life dealt me, that is what life dealt me. Do I think I'd be a terrible parent? No, I think there's probably, there's probably worse parents than, than than me. But I would yes, carry the, I would carry the child. Yeah, thank you. There are you know, but I myself, from a political standpoint, I'm going to go with pro-choice because I've been in situations where I've had friends who have popped up pregnant and not known what to do, and. It became it became a situation where you have to take yourself out of it for a second. Look at it from well, a you're different right, perspective. Denise. Yeah, Denise, yeah. And I think what bothers me about them flipping the decision and sending it back to the states to make the decision. Mm-hmm. I get it on legal grounds um, that this isn't in the Constitution. The states should make this decision and the states should decide it. I, I get the argument. I don't know that I agree with it, but I get the argument. What bothers me is that this is all cloaked and shrouded in religion. Yes. And we live in a country where it's freedom of religion. You can worship however you want to worship. But I feel like idea, there should be an asterisk there. There should there's an asterisk there. Yeah, and that's kind of what I'm getting at is the yeah. idea that I had a right for 50 years to make this choice if I was a woman. And now you've taken this choice away under the idea that the action that you don't want me to potentially take 
is runs afoul of your religious belief. But what if I don't believe in your God? I still have to lose that right? In a country where no religion is more important than the other, I'm free to worship whatever I want. Islam is silent on this issue. Judaism is silent on this issue. It's only a a, a specific type of Christian that believes this. And that's what bothers me the most, that if I was Hindu or Buddhist or atheist, and I had this right as a woman for 50 years, now you're telling me your religious belief entitles you to take my right away. That's what bothers me more than anything about whether it's rape or incest or health of the mother or first trimester or whether it's safe, legal, and rare, whatever you want to put on it. The idea that I have to live under your religious rule is what bothers me the most about and that. And that actually ends up taking, that takes away the freedom of religion, that defeats the purpose of freedom of religion. Right. Well, and now I'm going to say this. Go ahead, Brian. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say the thing that gets the thing that always gets me is the irony that because um, really this is a matter of choice, right? You know, having autonomy, body autonomy. So, <laughs> how do I put this? So, when it comes to abortion, it's about you know certainly whether to terminate a pregnancy or not terminate a pregnancy or give birth or not give birth, but it's your choice to have the autonomy to make that choice. But if it's a vaccine, a lot of you, not everybody, not everybody, but you'll hear the chant, well, it's my body, my choice. Yep. So that's but it's not okay. my body, my choice when it's a baby. Exactly. Like you don't. So so when it when it's a vaccine, you don't want the government in your life telling you what so Brian, what you're you saying have is to make. You can't. So what, Brian, what you're saying is you can't force me to put it in my body. But if you're a woman. I can force I gotta, you as the government to push it out of your body. Yeah. And there's yeah. no, and we don't see an issue here. We don't and, see and nobody, and nobody sees the it. irony and like it, cause to me, it's just, it, it boils down to a matter of choice and, and, and I don't want to paint with a broad brush here, but when it comes down to choice, it's either, if you have the right not to get the vaccine, cause it's your body, your choice then you have the right as a woman to have an abortion or not have an abortion. It's your choice because it, that's what it comes down to is choice. So either mm-hmm. in a weird sort of way, it's either all okay or none of it's okay. So and, decide and, which and one it is. Truthfully, here's, the part, here's the thing. If it's not all okay, I don't think that I would like it, but I would be more understanding of it if it wasn't wrapped in religion. If you didn't give it to me in religion wrapping paper, I might be able to get there. But remember, Dennis, we had this conversation not too long ago. We know in the Bible that Jesus says that life begins at what? No, 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 no. I'm going to stop you right there. I'm going to stop you right there. It's in Genesis, Genesis that it says. It's in Genesis, yeah. It's, gen- it's in Genesis that it says, like, like, at least that's what I that's what I believe I read. So if I'm people listening to this, if I get this wrong, then oh, yeah. trust me, they'll God let you. They'll let you know. Correct me. They'll let you know. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody gets your Bibles out. It, no King James though. Yeah. No King James. <laughs> yeah. It's my understanding, uh, based on what I thought I read, 
that in Genesis it says life begins at birth when you take your first breath. So if this is the religious text you are grounding your entire life around, then and Jesus is silent on these issues, then mm-hmm. you should women should have the choice. Now, what bothers me about that is and I'm I'm not going to go off on a tangent on this, so I'm just going to say this and move on. Do it. Do it. The problem it. <laughs> the go problem with a, a lot of problem with Christianity is people want to pick and choose what Bible verse they want to justify their position. And this is a really good example of that. Like Jesus is silent on abortion. Jesus is silent on same-sex marriage. Yet you found some verse from Old Testament, but you claim yep. to follow Jesus. Well, if you follow Jesus, then these are just some stories. Everything's null and void if you follow Jesus, right? Right. But Again, not trying to go down a rabbit hole, but I guess my my biggest issue with this decision to overturn Roe is obviously the impact on women that it's going to have. Because, you know, if you've never been a doctor or had an atopic pregnancy or whatever, or you had your IUD puncture your uterus, it's all these different medical sort of um, situations that you are just ignorant to. The idea that you're going to force some woman and put her life in jeopardy because of your religious belief and the lack of empathy you show, even though you claim to be, you know, Christian and Christianity is all about, uh, at the end of the day, it's about love and sacrifice. The idea that you can't show this person compassion and empathy or, and the one talking point that I cannot stand, and Jim Harbaugh did it yesterday at the I'll raise Big your Ten baby. press conference. I'll yeah, raise your baby. This idea oh, that, God. well, you should have, women should have these babies and we'll adopt them. You guys don't adopt the babies that are available now. Nope. There's a there's thousands of kids in foster care, but the difference is you can wrap your mind around the idea of taking a baby, but you can't uh, wrap your idea of taking a 12-year-old. And see, right. again, to Brian's right. point, it's the hypocrisy is where you lose the argument with me because you're not consistent with it because and, you need to feel good about it. And I'll take your hypocrisy and raise you. What if that baby that you could adopt or not adopt is special needs because of the way in which they were born. You're not going to adopt that. Kid. Yeah. The, the, no. Yeah. Cause most people, those kids are going to go back to the back of the line. We just, it's exactly. human nature, you know, exactly. you know, and that's not to say there aren't special yeah. people that would not adopt those children. Cause I, I don't want to slight them, but because all these people talking all this noise that yep. they're not doing that. Exactly. So it's just, it, it's one yeah. of the things where, you know, I just feel that I can't tell Stacy down the street what to do with herself. If she's already got like, oh, for example, like the, that that lady, that I, that article I sent you guys a few weeks ago about the woman that broke the record for the most naturally born children. Oh, yeah. She had like like 48 kids 40 or something. She had like five children. five sets of triplets or something crazy yes. like that. She, yeah, she had 44 children. And the thing was, is because her body over ovulated. It was there was nothing like there. Was, it was out of her hands. Her body over ovulated. 
You talk you talk about shooting somebody's club up. Good That's God. What I'm saying. Like, like and the thing was is that she was and of course then you find out her story that she was married off at the age of twelve and that the person that she married ended up leaving her after the fortieth baby was born. So now she's sitting here with thirty eight kids and she's got a raise on her own. Now yeah, she that's, finally man, that's, that's what that's I'm saying. Day. I'm but, going to get a pack of cigarettes. I'm going to get a pack of that's cigarettes. Quite oh. literally, I'm going to go get 38 packs of cigarettes and I'll see you later. Kind of thing. Oh now, gosh. she finally was able to get help in the sense where she had a hysterectomy. So there are no more babies coming out. But again, that's a choice to Brian. That is a choice. <laughs> So the yeah, no. is, you know what I mean? Like, what are you going to do with a situation? Now you could like make that? the argument she should have made that choice a long time ago. But I agree. She's not. This but is not again, a woman in America, so she doesn't have the resources that. No, that she have. did not have the resources. She was like from Uganda, but still, if she was here and this was happening, somebody's going to be like, "Man, we should probably do something so that way she doesn't keep populating." But at the same time, these are the same people that are like, "Well, I mean, if she's pregnant, we should probably she she has every you know." You can't afford it. You can't. She can't tell her. You know, she has to have it. Um, I, but it's a medical well, condition. Well, what I will say is that I agree with George Carlin's thesis that you know it does happen. You don't. You don't count a baby in, in, in the census if it's in utero. Like you have to wait till it takes its first breath, right? So, so mm-hmm. this rights to the unborn thing. Like I, I get it, and I and I'm certainly here to have conversation, but like. You got to take your first breath first. But I will also tell you that I have had, I've known, I knew a woman one time who had, who viewed abortion as a form of birth control. And she had six of them. I can't. I can't. So, so. Yeah, I don't support that. You know, I want to be clear. So, that, that, I don't, yeah, no, 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 no. No, because I was talking, and I was talking with her friend about it. And I was like, I just like, at that point, like, you got to, that's a that's a life choices type deal, like you were talking about. Like that's that's something like you might need to look in the mirror and kind of reevaluate what's going on. Uh, but then on the flip side, I knew somebody who had an ectopic pregnancy. So if uh, if if that particular woman didn't have that, they wouldn't be alive today, right? So right. and so under the current climate, to think of that that person that woman would not have been able potentially to have that done when her life was in danger, like it's, that's a scary thing. And so I feel like there's, again, and I, I don't want to sound like I'm just straddling the, the fence here, but like there's got to be some sort of middle ground here. If it is endangering the life of the mother, like, come on, y'all. Like, the way I look at <laughs> we're it, going, right? we're going to figure this, we're going to figure this yeah. out. Well, the well but that's the point. I think we can call out some mother. I think there are carve outs and we can, whether, whether, whether the carve outs or our um, life of the mother. Um, and even if it was something where you're like, okay, I, one thing I've heard banted about is the, when is the child, you know, viable to live outside the mother? Like if you wanted to make that the cutoff and everybody agreed on that, fine. But like people got to, you know, put down their pitchforks here on both sides. And like, we've got to figure this out. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I feel like reasonable reasonable carve outs are like 
to me, and this is where I really want feedback from people because I don't want to speak in a vacuum as if I know everything because I clearly don't on the subject. So I'm open to other perspectives and interpretations. But what feels like reasonable carve outs to me are health of the mother, rape and incest, and first trimester. Those all feel mm-hmm. like reasonable carve outs to me. That anything yeah. past first trimester where you've got a heartbeat is a different conversation at that point. I, I do feel like, and, and you know, Denise, you, you keep, I, I don't know, but like, you know, 15 weeks or whatever it is. Like, I don't know. Cause I don't want to pick an arbitrary number. Like I would want it based in like grounded in like fact and science and everything. Well, that's, that's, what, that's right. what I'm like saying. Like, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like it needs to be something. I don't, and like I said, I don't, I agree with you. This. I don't know what that number is, but whatever that, time frame is um you know then yeah let's have that conversation i think for me it's that if if the way i look at it is that, and i look at it as if i if i'm if i'm in a particular situation if we're in the point where it's we're endangering the life of the mother or it, it becomes one or the other we can either abort and save the mother but if there's a way but if we lose the mother and can save the baby, now we're in a different situation. So that's up to well, you. Well, but, but, no. but, and that's the thing. I, I don't want to see to me. Yeah. That's a case by case scenario. That, it that's is a case by case. You can, to me, you can unilaterally make a rule about like, especially right. in medical situations, because everybody's medical situation right. is different. But if you're, but, but if you're telling the mother that, you know, we, we no longer can, you know, say that she's at 30 weeks, and they no longer can detect a heartbeat, then, I mean, or they, well, see, uh, Denise, you know, to your point, to your point, I feel like if a woman had a miscarriage and she lives in a state that doesn't allow abortion, so you were going to force her to give birth to a, to, to a miscarried baby, to a stillborn mm-hmm. baby, that feels like cruel and unusual punishment. It does. Because the trauma that your body would go through to deliver that baby, plus the mental trauma that you would live with as a result of being forced by the government to go through that act. Mm-hmm. And then these same, these same people claim to love Jesus is where they lose me. You see well, what I mean? Like, can I take a devil's advocate position? Do it. Uh, I know, I know, just, just throwing out there. My understanding of the ruling is that they're not saying yes or no. They're just saying that it's get, the states have to decide, correct? Technically, yes. So decide what? Decide whether each each state's going to have to make a determination as to whether what what their rules and regulations regulations are as it pertains to abortion. No. Yeah, mm-hmm. the the states are. It's left to the states to decide how they want to govern that act. Gotcha. Okay. So if that is the case, then it is incumbent upon people who live in states where this is a question. And this is going to sound like a broken record. And this is a we can. This is probably a whole another podcast. But you're going to have to get out and vote because your state legislatures are the that's the seat of power, right? Um. So the Constitution also says that states that are not, and I'm and I'm paraphrasing, but 
all rights and privileges that are not in this constitution are left to the states, right? So mm-hmm. I feel like in a weird sort of way, they punted mm-hmm. and they put it in the hands of the voters of each state. Right. And they did it at a time where everybody legal... is so polarized. But, well, yes. Well, that's true to these and, and and I get it, but they did it knowing what the outcome was going to be because they had stacked the legislature. But what I will say is this. I think there's an end around to this that I haven't really seen discussed too much. And there's two of them. One of them's not realistic, but one of them is. The, because 70% of people in this country, I think I saw the other day, um, support abortion in some form. So I think there's two end arounds to this. One is... All the women that live in a state where they banned abortion move and you move to a state where it's um, it's an option for you. That'll kill all of this. You can't have a whole you can't have the entire state of Missouri full of men like it just doesn't work. Right. Um, but that's well, not I mean, it worked. In, it, well, the, I mean, that's how Rome started. <laughs> but I also well, think that, again, that's but I also it. think in, in a in this could be a whole nother podcast. I think. There and there might have been some way or some carve out that they could have done this legislatively, but at one point Democrats had sixty senators when Obama was in there. Like there has like, been. Let's not do that. Then. Let's not do that. They are they're, they're I know again, Dennis. Don't Dennis, put your faith again, in them. Again, this is something that potentially. This is something that potentially could have been done over time legislatively at a federal level and that could be a different podcast but on some level if you're going to if you're laying blame that would be a place where you could you could lay the blame I feel like somehow they were asleep at the wheel a little bit and they're always more reactionary more reactionary than proactive but like I said that could be a different podcast but I will say the other end around that I do think is realistic, <clears throat> and Denise, you keep me honest, I think it's in Michigan that I saw. They got 800,000 signatures to put an initiative on the ballot to amend the Constitution to codify abortion at a state level. Mm-hmm. To me, that's the end around to say we elected these people. These people took the right away. Okay. Well, if Ohio got 700,000 signatures and put it on the ballot and put it up to a vote to say you can go and vote whether or not our state will allow abortion, people, I think, would come out and women would come out and vote for it for sure. Um, but but I think people would vote for it because you have overruled the legislature and you've added it to the Constitution as an amendment. Now, there are going to be a million legal challenges and people will try to fight it, but I do think that's a viable end around to this to where okay it's not in the constitution fine you kicked it back to the states the people of the state overwhelmingly decided this is a medical procedure that we don't want taken off the table because it saves lives it can save a life i should say it doesn't Mm -hmm. save lives but it can save a life in certain instances that happen more often than what people think um and so let me ask you this denise do you think that's a viable workaround I think it's a great workaround. I I think that it's something that would work in a in a blue state. I don't see it working in a red state. 
Because while while women while you hmm, think all really? this, while, while I think like while I think that the idea is good, not all women are going to come out for this. There's there are oh that's there true because they all some, women didn't vote for Hillary. All yeah, there, didn't vote there for are Hillary, some so women right on the right. Yeah, there are some women that are that are on the right, and I call them covert covert Republican ladies because. <laughs> They're covert. I don't think they're covert. No, they're covert in the sense that they'll talk about women's <laughs> rights, but then they go, then they go behind the curtain and be like, "But God says, baby." Oh, like the one guy that 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 went to his son's same sex marriage and then three days later voted against it. Yes, people like that. Okay, people like that. Yeah, gotcha. And gotcha. So therefore, people in the red states, I don't. Do I think you would get a good a good turnout from the left side? Absolutely. But there's going to be those covert women, specifically white women, between the ages of 45 and 75 that will go into the ballot box and vote against it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Um so moving on, because I think we've we've kind of beat we that beat, up. We beat the um, we, yeah, we've beaten the horse. Yeah, we kind of beaten that up a little bit. Um, the last thing I want to get to um, is, and, and the timing of this works out really well because um, I've been away for a while. Um, the last thing I want to get to is January six hearings because this has been. This has really been an interesting time to be alive. And, <laughs> and I, I've, been, I've been telling you guys for weeks now, months now, that these guys have receipts. And they got receipts for... I would have to think, if you were in the Capitol building that day as a Republican, after they showed that video of Josh Hawley running through the halls, you got to be real <laughs> nervous about whatever action you took that day. Because they can sink you now. And Man. yes, that was spiteful. And that has nothing to do with the with the people storming the Capitol the whole line. And I get it. But I guess, Brian, I guess I'll start with you. I guess my my at least initial question is, do you think these hearings have been effective? And do you think it's really changed people's perception of what happened that day and how dangerous Trump really might be I think it's effective in the sense that it confirms it confirms if you are in the in the camp that you do not like Trump or any of these um, Republicans in office or the whatever they call themselves or refer themselves as it, it's going to confirm your bias um, I think that it has probably converted some um, but the question I would have is, do you have enough of the converted to not have these people in office? I, I will fully admit it's great. It's great theater. It's great to watch. Mm -hmm. Um, but again, if everybody is kind of in, in their tribal patterns and, um, you know, I would, I would be curious to see how many people are converted or potentially how many people were converted the other way. Cause you know, th at the end of the day, yes, we do want to find out what happened, but also you can also say that this is also politics too. 
And if Republicans, oh, yeah, were in it's charge, absolutely, would, po- it's if, absolutely politics. Because if Republicans were in charge, there would be no January sixth committee, right? So this is clearly a Democratic exercise. Now, I well, true, but but to be fair, but to be fair, um, we we also had Benghazi hearings too. Oh no, I don't disagree. I you mean, know what I mean? Like whoever. Listen, Hillary Clinton's testifying a, for twelve hours over something that did that she that that or she literally clearly did nothing wrong, but yeah, we had to have hearings about it. You know what I mean? Like, like oh, no, the, no, that I cuts know. Both ways. I, I I get what you're saying, and certainly whoever whoever holds the 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 hammer of Thor is going to use it. So in this instance, Democrats have it, and certainly they have a vested interest because you know you. Or, well, I think the American people have a uh, to use some political terms. Um, the American people have a vested interest because you got to figure out what happened. You got to know what, figure out what happened, so that way we can, you know, hopefully not have those things again. But I, I, we had a conversation about this on a previous pod about January sixth, and I said that at that time that I don't know what this committee is waiting on, but they better hurry it up because if this tidal wave of uh, midterms happens, they're going to be that committee is going to cease to exist come January third when they swear yep. everybody in. So I can appreciate them having more. Do you still believe that now, given given what we know now and what's out in the public? Do you really think that um, do you really think that's still true? Because I could see people after they got the information, it's in the public. I could see people going into the booth in November and saying to themselves, you know what? I don't like any of my choices here, but I will at least vote for the person that's pro-democracy. Like it might come like it, like this midterm election might really be about, will you protect my kid at school? Will you do you support my ability to choose to get an abortion if my life is on the line? And do you believe in democracy? It might really be those three things that people vote on. And the majority of people are, are probably not probably because I don't want to say that because I don't know. But for most regular everyday people. Based on polling, they're going to say, I'm going to go with this person because they believe in those three things. And wait, those wait. three things aren't necessarily. Con- yeah, I, don't, but, I mean, but, I want to believe that. Sensibil- but, no. but you're you're using your sensibilities on that. That doesn't also like those things are important, but that also is not as important as how much you're paying at the gas pump or inflation going being. It's very it. true. That's again, you know accountability I mean? so project. Have, that's why. So so if your choices are somebody who's pro-democracy um, and stands for these things, but they are the ones in the seat when all these things are going ho- crazy or somebody who you think might be able to do something about it. And that person, you know, is, you know, maybe a little fringe, you know, whatever, but you feel like they can get this inflation shit under control. Who are you going to pick? Which one is more relevant to your life? So I, you know, it's it's a, it's something. No, and that, that's true. I mean, that's what everybody should go in and, and make their choices based on how you just described it. But I also think it's one of those things where these are things that and I'm not saying inflation is not hitting us every day because it is hitting us every single day. But everybody's got to decide what's important to you, and I think that's the point that. The- mm-hmm. I. I mean, Dennis, I, I want to, I want, I want you, I want to be as optimistic as you, that people will walk in there and be like, you know what, this person's pro democracy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with this person. But um, 
after living in. I'm not being. I'm, in, I'm not being positive about it. I'm just saying there are going to be people out there that that'll see it through that lens. How many of them? I don't know. Yeah, I don't think there's going to be very many. Um, hate to be that negative Nancy there, but um, after living in Texas as long as I did, um, and knowing how some people vote, um, I think it was 2012 or 2016. I can't remember which where nobody in Texas really cared for our options at the time. And so they were writing in people. And it was everybody from Bugs Bunny to Greg Popovich to I was going to say, because you were, you were, you were, I'm going to say in Bexar County is where San Diego, or in San Diego, excuse me, where San Antonio is, right? Yes, it's pronounced Bay, uh, Bear County. Whatever the FBX um, is silent. I know, there. but I think I think the second highest vote getter was like, um, oh, who was it? It was something obscure. It was like Bugs Bunny or something like that. It was like Donald Trump, yep. then like Bugs Bunny, and then um, Hillary Clinton. Greg Popovich. Like, yeah, so it's like so. So going back to the whole voting thing, it's like we're relying on people like that to yep. make sound decisions on who. And those are the people that are messing it up because they don't like their choices, one. And two, they're not doing the research enough on their choices to make a educated choice. Because that's what our, our problem with our with our country is now is that, like, I hate to say it, but America has ADHD. We can't pay attention long enough to make a declarative decision about anything. We can't pay attention. We flop around to so many different topics and and different issues that we don't know the up from the down, which is partly goes back to even just the beginning of this whole conversation. We don't know what came before for us to make the decision now and then when we make the decision now, the people 20 years from now aren't going to know the decision that we made. So therefore, they're going to go back. And but, it just but hold on, but hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. But that's the point of the hearings is to get it out in the public. So historically, there's a record of, of what happened on that day. Like, right. Like but that's the, problem the whole is, purpose is that, of it. Right. It is the entire purpose of it. But when you have a percentage of the country that is not paying attention, whether or not it's or, or, out in the historical record doesn't make a difference anymore. Or maybe they not. No, it not makes a difference. No, it makes a care. difference. Maybe not for them. Care. Right. They just don't care. It, it, listen, but everything's not going to matter to everyone. But the point is, is that it's out there now and you can stick your head in the sand and be an ostrich all you want. The point is, is that this happened. And the the genius of it is that the people that they got to testify aren't from the the opposite political party. These are people of the same political party who were supporting this person, who wanted them to win, but wouldn't cross a line. That's what's important here. Well, yeah, that I agree. But the people that should be paying attention to this are not paying attention to this. Like Brian said, well, they've made their already, choice, but you can't read. Yeah, yeah, but you. But that's Those also like saying everybody should watch need. the Super Bowl. But everybody should watch the Super Bowl by that logic. No, no, no. You have options. You don't have to watch the Super Bowl. You don't have right. to watch but then the those, hearings. Then, but then you just know that those people are going to make the same decisions. But we're Denise, all I go back to my original. But, but hold on. But I go back to my yeah. original question. Do you think these hearings have been effective? Overall, yes, I would agree. Overall, I would agree, yes. yes. 
And that's what's important because there are plenty of people that voted for him and held their nose and be like, I can't stand this guy's all, but I'm going to get my tax cut. So I'll vote for him. You know, now if he decides to run again, cause it's clearly on the table. Um, if he decides to run again, are you going to hold your nose and vote again based on what you know now? Like, that was like, Rodney Santos like, over in the wings. But, but hold on, but hold on, but, but, but just think about this for a second. This is what's laughable. I had this thought the other day. He really thought that he could overthrow the United States government with 40,000 armed people in Washington, D.C. He could overthrow the government. He really thought that. You know what I mean? Like, that's such a, that's so wild of a thought that I'm going to overthrow the United States government with 40,000 angry people who are armed. Me? Well, hold like, on. As if we no, don't have a military. I don't think he viewed it as overthrowing it so much as it is he just wanted to stay in power. Yes. Well, hold on. Just... Hold on, but just because you didn't think about it in those terms doesn't mean that wasn't on the table. I, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying but, that I don't yeah. think that he viewed it as overtaking okay. the government. He Hold viewed on. it as okay. So, 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 so let's follow your premise then. So you thought you could stay in power if you sent forty thousand armed people to the Capitol and took it over. How ridiculous does that sound on its face, especially in a place like Washington D.C.? You really thought you could do that? And get away with it. I, How ridiculous only, does that sound on its face? It sounds ridiculous. However, when you take the temperature of the country at the moment and how he was able to rile them up, and I hate to be the one to talk about history, but I'm just saying Hitler did it with less. So his logic... <laughs> Unfortunately, granted, we're all we're so many years removed, and yes, we have an army, and yes, we have people who 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 basically stayed the course and made sure that it didn't happen. But think of think for just a second if you didn't have those people do what they did. Just think if Pence was like, well, you know we, what, you know, it could have gone well, a yeah, like different we, way. You know, this is one of those things where you're uh, one thing I cannot stand is when I hear people say, well, I can't stand Liz Cheney. I can't stand Mike Pence. They voted for him 90 percent of the time. Blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, I get all that. And maybe you don't share their political beliefs. But at some point, the politics doesn't matter because we're not going to have we're not going to have the ability to argue about politics if if the government gets overthrown. The one thing I will say. I am not a fan of people quickly going in their bag, and I'm not accusing you of this, and I'm going to get to this. No. I'm not a big fan of people getting in their bag and quickly comparing everything to Nazis and Hitler. But what you said I mean, I could have, yeah. This I is mean, the one time, but hold on, but this is the one time I'm going to let it go because a lot of people don't study history the way that you do, the way that, that we all collectively kind of know it. That people either don't know or have forgotten that part of the way in which Hitler rose to power is he surrounded the parliament building and threatened to burn it down with parliament inside if they didn't vote to make him chancellor. This is not far off that. No. 
No, I mean, to be clear, I'm not saying Trump is Hitler because he's not. I want to be clear about no. that. I'm not saying that because he's not. But the action of that day is not far off of the action from 90 years ago or whatever it no. was. And that's the only no. point that I'm making. And I think that's the point I, that you're I would making. say, yes, that, yeah. And I mean, and yes, I use Hitler because it's the, it's the one everybody goes to. But I mean, you also could have made the same, I, I could have used, um, Mussolini and or Pol Pot. I mean, I could have used the same it, it, same thing, you know. It, and it, and the point still would have been across. I just use Hitler because it's universal and everybody knows who Hitler is. Not everybody knows who Pol Pot is, so you know. Because then that that takes. So let me ask you this: road. So the the news broke late last night. Um, this is Wednesday night. So it broke late Tuesday night that the Justice Department has now got grand jury investigations going and they are actually um, investigating Trump for the actions that he took. So I guess my question to you guys is, do you really think he'll be charged with something? Um, And if he is, I've heard some talk that this will lead to civil war, which is hyperbole to me. But um, what do you think the fallout is? Do you think he'll be charged? And if so, what do you think the fallout is? Brian, you want to go with that one? Uh, I don't think people will be happy about it. Some people, I should say, won't be happy about it. But um, I think that... I. <laughs> The fallout is it's unprecedented, but I would also, but I would argue that it kind of calls for it. Like when, uh, who was it? The attorney general that he was interviewed on um, NBC the other day, and he said, you know, we operate, and I'm paraphrasing, but we operate under the premise that no one person is above the law. And so if anybody was involved with that, then yes, they're going to be prosecuted. Well, if that is the case, um, then I don't see, based on what what the TV show has shown us, you know, the season finale and everything, um, I don't see how you can't, um, you know, at at least at, at minimum, have a grand jury to vet it. I mean, Georgia's doing it, so... I don't see how you can't based on the evidence that we have in front of us and everything that we've seen. And and then if they do. And and to your credit, or not to your credit, but, um, you know, as you said, yeah, there, there might be some people out here in, in the, uh, out here in the streets protesting. And certainly that side of the aisle, so to speak, they probably got a lot more guns than the people on the left. So, um, so I know you mentioned at one point talking about being, being outgunned. But, um, but yeah, I mean, there might be some people taking it to the streets for sure. Um, and I think that logic will be lost on some people in the sense that you can lay all the evidence bare that this man did X, Y, and Z. And as a result, that's why we are doing this. We're not doing it. This is an apolitical operation here, but you know, people don't want to hear that. And so as a result, yeah, there's some people that might, uh, uh, you know, 
Like that song says, "Taking it to the streets." Michael McDonald, "Taking it to the streets." <laughs> ah, you know, you know what? You know, you've reached pinnacle when we can reference Michael McDonald. Now, well played. So, so if if he is charged, um, you know, it, it I struggle with the fallout, not because I'm scared of what comes. It's more of the I struggle with people who try to defend the indefensible. Like your feet, you're you're so far in your feelings that yet you can't get past what's obvious here. That crimes were were committed or allegedly committed, and we need to go to court and we need to settle it like everything else. The idea that he was the president, or let's put that aside, the fact that you like the guy, so therefore we should just give him a pass is where I can't is where you lose me. Does that make sense? Because there's a lot of people that I've liked that, you know what? Or there's a lot of people that like me, but if I committed a crime, people are going to shrug their shoulders and say, no, you shouldn't have done the shit. That's and not they got every right me. to say that. That's not well, going to no, be me. You, you got to go you, down. You're a rule follower. You're a different, you're a rule follower. But, um, but I guess Denise, that's, that's kind of where I'm at is I, I don't worry about the fallout so much as it is. Why are you trying to defend somebody that 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 you can't really defend their action? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, like, I I you know think what I mean? that the amount of receipts that have been thrown out is longer than my usual CBS receipt, and and that sucker's long. Um, but I just. I think that I'm with I'm with Brian. No one is above the law. Do I think he'll get charged? Yes. Do I think there'll be a grand jury? Probably. But that's about as far no, there is as a I'm grand willing jury. to go. No, no, Denise, Denise, there is a grand jury. There's I, a federal well, yes. grand jury now. Yeah, okay. So yeah, so yeah, fine. That. After that is anybody's guess. Because we're in, I hate to, you know, we haven't been in a situation like this ever. And the closest we ever came to something like this was Watergate. And Watergate, looking back on it, is child's play. I don't even think, I don't even think Nixon would have gone this route. Well, overthrowing the government is a whole other conversation. So yeah, so I mean, you know, I, I think because we're in an area that is up in the air. Now, as far as like if people say that this is going to lead to civil war, um, you know, pump your brakes there for a second. You know, considering why we went to war the last time, there are a lot of things. You know, I mean, yes, there was only one main thing, but. Besides that point, um, I, uh, I don't. States rights, states rights rears its ugly head again. I'm sorry. Yes, and the, yes, that's right. In <laughs> the kidding. south, it's I'm states joking. rights. I'm kidding. Yeah. Kidding for the listener. I'm yes, kidding. if you're it's if you're from those if you're from those specific those specific eleven states, it's states rights, quote unquote states rights. But, um, but this kind of but it's it's just like that day that if you asked me to name like the top five worst presidents ever and. And it was just like, 
Well, we know. Yeah, we don't need to go past one. We we don't need to go past one. Like it's yeah. It's just like it's it's pretty clear. Yeah, he's pinnacle here. You know, at this point, I give the other four dudes passes because they would never have done anything like this. So 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 let me ask this question, and we can we can end on this. We can end on this. How much does it bother you that people who know better, who who you might personally know, and maybe you don't personally know them, but just in general, how much does it bother you for people that know better are still out here actively defending it, defending him and saying the election was stolen? Like, how much does that still does that bother you? Because I'm going to be honest. It really bothers me, and it it says so much about your character as a person that you still cling on to something that is objectively false. You know what I mean? Like that really says a lot about you as a person and your character. How much does that bother you at all? It does, and it reminds it it it. it let's be honest, it infuriates me to be around this level of, of ignorance. And, and it hurts your head. Like it really hurts hurts your head. head. Like what Um, are we talking about? But when I hear people do, uh, it has, it has me questioning their own morals and what they actually believe when they're not around me. Because again, as somebody that is a woman and a minority, a person of color, by you defending him, it makes me think, what are you really believing at home? Uh, and, for me, that's obvious, but I get... I, yeah, I, I, I know, I know. But it's, it's, and that reminds me of a quote, and it's actually on my Facebook, let me find that real quick. My Facebook that I never log into anymore. Um, from France Fanon. And let me see, where is it? It says, we can disagree and still love each other unless your disagreement is rooted in my oppression and denial of my humanity and right to exist. Bingo. Bingo. And that's that, non-negotiable. That's non-negotiable. And even though we're talking just January 6th, but that goes around that 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 goes around the block for everything we've talked about this evening. And if you're willing to defend that, defend January 6th and Trump and tell me that, you know, that I'm going to hell because I've had it to abort a baby or, you know, that I really don't or I say things about you having an AR-15 like all of that then we can't talk we're never going to be able to find a bridge if your logic is is rooted in this level of ignorance thousand percent well gentlemen I am done for the night (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but Denise, but you're not going to be able to build that bridge unless you have the conversation. And so part of being a grown up is to have conversations with people that you don't agree with, right? So technically, so there has yeah. to be so, so technically there has to be some sort of dialogue. 
Um, what I would say is, you know, I think you can, I don't want to make it simplistic, but, you know, for those who are hardcore 1000% backing Trump and, you know, um, January 6th was just the best stuff, as famously said here recently. Um, I guess I, what I would ask is that if Democrats did the same thing, would you just refer to it as a dust up? Which I'm assuming you probably wouldn't. You'd want them to be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law because you would mm-hmm. say that would be wrong. So if that is the case, then how do you support this? Right? Right. Um, I, I think that uh, I don't want to blame media on it, but you know, it has been described that these people are patriots. Um, I would argue that that is false. Um, because patriots just don't. You can't be a patriot and, and you can't beat up. A, you can't be a patriot and beat up and kill cops. Those two no, things don't go. To- you also can't. No, not at you all. Also, you also can't claim that you support the blue if you beat them up. Just and time. you can't threaten to hang the vice president. Yeah, let's just start there. You know let's what? just no. the idea that you were going to hang the vice president. Let's just you no know, patriots uh, don't hang the vice president. Side note, side note that typically doesn't happen in democracies. Um, but, uh, but yeah, if you would defend that, like I, I, you guys know, and certainly I, I'll have conversations about anything, about anytime, anywhere about anything. Like, so I'll have, yeah, God bless you for it. But, um, but I just, I, I don't see it. This might be subjective, but you know, right is right and wrong is wrong. Right. We are all brought up with some semblance of what right and wrong is. Um, now, certainly there are people whose right and wrong is a bit skewed. Um, but but hold on, Brian, but it's right and wrong, regardless of how you, of your feelings, like it should it's objectively be. right. It's it objectively wrong, regardless of how you feel about it. It should be. It's not, but it should be. Um, but um, like I had a conversation uh, with a guy one time, not too long ago. Um, and he was complaining about how, and maybe this puts a bow on everything about how, um, all the gun laws are going to be changed because of that shooting in Buffalo, um, you know, with the, uh, majority, uh, people of color that were killed. Um, and I said, well, you know, killing people of color is not anything new, so nobody's going to change the law over that. Um, I said, the, if the laws are going to be changed, if they were going to be changed, they would have changed to address the killing of children. And once it was okay for children to be killed in schools, well, you know, I don't see anything coming down the pipe because, every, because then people will fall back on the Second Amendment. So, well, I, just, I will say, yeah, go ahead, Brian. No, 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 just, no, go ahead. No, I was going to say, um, Denise and I had this conversation the other day. Um, historically speaking, change happens in this country when one group of people decide that they've had enough and they are going to demand change, and this group typically gets it. Um, and you can look all the way through. You can go back the last 200 years in this country. When this group of people speaks up and says, we want change, change happens. So. I'm I'm basing this on historical trends and nothing more, but I tend to put my faith in um, seeing that these things get changed for the better. I tend to put my faith in middle-class white people because Mm -hmm. that 
That is the group of people that consistently, when they speak up and say, this is wrong and it needs to change, it changes. Because we are only 12% of the population. There aren't enough of us to make a difference. You know, we if you got everybody who look like us to vote, it's still it, it's not enough. But I, I and again, I I feel uncomfortable saying that out loud. But Denise, much like you, being a student of history, history tells me that's where the change is. Right. And 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 I just put my faith. But at, at the same time, if I if you allow me to put that on the shelf. I just think that these hearings being on TV and these people having the courage to go in front of the entire world and say, this is what happened. This is what I know to be true because I was in the room when it happened. I think it fundamentally changes everything, but none of it's going to matter because this, these hearings, they can't put people in jail. You just have mm-hmm. to hope that if the law, if we're really a nation of laws and we're going to hold people accountable, um, that the justice department is going to do what it should do and charge people with crimes, send them to trial and then let the chips fall where they may. But I think it's a mistake not to charge him. I think it's a way worse mistake not to charge him. Even I would rather see you charge him and he gets off on a technicality and we can deal with that versus he isn't charged at all because we're scared to charge him of what message it might send or a precedent it would set. Well, well, two things. One, I had heard that he was it, if he was going to roll anything out. This is the Justice Department in Merrick Garland. If they're going to roll anything out, it would be after the elections because they they don't want it to seem like it's a political thing. But I also think that he is hoping that this thing in Georgia comes to fruition and he doesn't have to do anything. Georgia will take care of him, and that way he doesn't have to charge a a, a, a former president. Mm. Yeah, one can hope. Or he can use what's happening in Georgia as the precedent. And just yeah, be like, that, you know, that, Georgia's that, already done it at the but, state level. Yeah, but say that's Georgia doing it on their own thing at the state level. So if they if he gets tied up doing that, then he might not have to do anything because Georgia will take care of it. Well, very true, but I could also see him using it as a jumping off point to get to get federal charges made. So I don't know. So we'll see. Time will yeah. tell. Yeah, I guess time will tell. Well, again, I I, I hadn't done this in a while, and I wanted to talk to you guys because um, apparently, as Americans, this is who we really are. We're you know okay with mass shootings and gun violence. We're okay with um, taking women's right to choose away, especially in certain medical situations or certain life situations, and. Um, Apparently, we're okay with a president that tried to overthrow. Some of us are okay with the idea of a president trying to hold on to power and kill his vice president. Um, and all this is going on, and it just—it's a lot. And you know, I start to question: Is this who we really are? Um, I, I hate to be like you, Brian, and say that the answer clearly is yes. This is who we are. Um, I, I want to be glass half full about this, but you know, it's hard to be. Um, it's hard to be positive about any of it, but, um, I do think though, that the more mass shootings happen, the more it comes, once it comes to your town, you know, people are going to, you know, like, what was it? Fourth of July where at Hyde Park, this guy's on the top of the building, just lighting people up. Yep. Like, 
you know what I mean? Like it's just one after another, after another. And like, um, I don't want to become numb to this, but at the same time, like, you know, um, thoughts and prayers aren't going to get it done either. Nope. So, What's the definition of insanity uh, again? Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, you know, you, and again, like just to kind of put a button on it, you have to want to do something about it. If you don't want to do anything about it. Um, collectively, yeah. Collectively, you have to want to do something about it. So if nobody wants to do anything about it, then it's kind of, you know. Yeah. And speaking of collectively doing something about it, let's end on a positive note. Um doing something collectively about it. What are you guys going to do about your quarterback situation? With I, the knew Steelers? I knew it was. Coming. Oh, come on. I mean, a real wind up. Um, I'll be brief. Um, I will say that um, I think that they should start Trubisky and they should sit on picket for the year. Because if you put for the year, out, okay. Because I think if you put Pickett out there and he's terrible and then you have to pull him for Trubisky, then you're just kind of shooting his confidence. So why not just Agreed. bring him along slowly? And then just if things – if the things go in the shitter during the season, then you could always say, okay, well, this season's over. We'll just go with the young guy. Um, but they're only paying him – they're only paying uh, – well, obviously they got uh, – not Trubisky, uh, Pickett on a rookie deal. And they're only paying, um, yeah, tickets on the rookie deal, and they're only paying Trubisky like seven million dollars. So, like, the money is just—it is what like you know, the money's not a—it's not an issue here. Um, and I think this means that the end of the Mason uh, Mason Rudolph era. So I know Denise, I'll let—I'll leave some room for Denise to, um, you know, that can't um, mourn, mourn mourn that era. Uh, that guy. Of that era. <laughs> I'm. I'm not. There's no mourning. I was all. I, I am on the anybody but Mason Rudolph campaign. I mm. am the chairman and CEO. Um, I'm glad he's gone. <laughs> um, you were the chairman and CEO. Yes, I'm. A, I'm all about that campaign. That's good. I'm glad. I'm that's... glad that that's coming to an end. Um, at this point, I, I would have to agree with Brian. Though I would rather have. Trubisky in um, first, let Pickett get in, let him have the year, let him get uh, acquainted. And I actually read just the other day, now that camp has started, that uh, Trubisky is actually uh, training with Pickett and giving him pointers and all that stuff. So he basically was like, yeah, I know, I understand it's a competition between me and him, but that's not going to stop me from helping him out and him helping me out, like, we're still a team, so it is what it is. So, with that kind of mentality that's going what, that's, into... That's yeah, I'm fine real with that. bridge quarterback energy. And then this is the last question I have. I, I really do. This is the last question. Because um, I know you're disdained for, for this team, but you guys have to be pro um, white helmets for the Bengals. You guys have to be pro that. Those things are hard, man. Because those I, you know, I, those I, things I are hard. Either. I don't care what no, but I cannot wait to that see that might be the best. Those guys, it, it, I got to give credit yeah. where credit's due. That might be that might be the best one out there. The Cardinals one's pretty tough too. Um, I think we can all agree that the Bears one is the worst. Sorry, River. God, the Bears <laughs> one is trash. God, it is so trash. At least put uh, a strike down the middle to break it up. That sh- that shit was so like the orange jerseys are bad enough. But with an orange helmet, 
Like, come on, it's, Chicago, you failed the assignment. Come on, bro. What, you, what are we well, I know doing? that, and I don't know if you guys follow NFL memes or not, but they uh, they also released a version of the new Browns helmet, and it's what? it's also white. Yeah, it, it's also oh white, God. and it has the Browns helmet on the white helmet. That's awful. Yeah, so, no one asked for that. No one yeah, asked for no that, but it, but it, but it, it was a wonderful. But it's the Bengals, it's a white Bengal tiger. Like that makes sense. But yeah, yeah, it's oh, rare, no. right? It's rare. I don't even know how you do that with the Browns. Like it's just. No. Oh, yeah, I, that, just, I just I just sent like, it to both of you, so you you can both see it. Um, I, I'm going to tell chuckle. you. I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm going to tell you the truth. I had a well, the first time I saw that white Bengal helmet. Like I had, I'm not a Bengals fan, but I had a half a mind to buy the helmet. I thought it was that dope. I really thought it was that dope. I know that's something you guys would never do, but no, no, oh, that, no. Yeah, I, don't th- I don't think I don't think I don't think No, the biggest update that they did to their to their um, I'm gonna say their resumes. The biggest update they did to their uniforms is when they changed the numbers, like. Oh yeah, that's yeah. oh god. No. Other than that, like no, 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 they changed them to what they currently are right now. That was great. Day. Gotcha. That was man, uh, that like depth below. That was good. Yeah, sorry overall I'd give that. it an eight though. Yeah. So on that note, um, I thank you guys for jumping on here. There's a lot of stuff I wanted to cover. I hadn't done it in a while. Um so again, thank you for being a part of my accountability project to kind of pulse check my thoughts to make sure that I'm not way off base on stuff. Um, and as always, send your feedback for the pod at tall, tatted and educated at gmail.com. Would love to hear what you guys thought about this particular episode and um, correct me on anything I may have misstated. Cause I'm sure I've misstated some things, but um, with that, Brian, Denise, thank you guys for jumping on. We'll do this again real soon. Okay. Dokie. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Peace. Yep. See you. Peace.